Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode of the podcast. Um, of course, I'm always biased, so you can never trust me that it's entirely true, but, you know, uh, put your faith in me a little bit. They're all pretty good. They're all great. Pretty good? Great? Whatever. Uh, everyone has their own uh, mileage. Yeah, your mileage may vary on that. Whatever. Uh, but we were on, uh, I say we, like there's more than one person involved. It's really just me. Um, but in the royal we sense, uh, gone, uh, kind of on a hiatus for a couple weeks, just, uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So you don't always have everything ready to go. Um, and I've been continually getting sick lately, so it's not exactly the easiest thing to do. But uh, we still have to put something out eventually, right? Um, and I'm glad that this could be the one to go out. This is episode 103 with my friends uh, Nicole and Luke, who are, make up the company Whiskey Ginger, also uh, across the board gaming, uh, which you can find on Twitter. And I'm going to link all this stuff to uh, the podcast anyway. So, uh, But just know that when we talk about Whiskey Ginger and across the board, we're talking about both of them um, as a singular entity. And uh, they are a couple of people that I have known for a few years now. We've become friends, and they're just kind of an amazing couple of people who also happen to be a couple. And uh, so this podcast kind of was as much a uh, interview about their game, uh, Food Truck Champion, as much uh, as well as a, a catch-up uh, session because the the three of us haven't really like hung out in a little bit. Um, it's usually around convention season, even though we're in the same city. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's just how life is when you're a professional and trying to do everything all at once, you know, like you do. But again, I was really glad that we could sit down and talk about, uh, their amazing game, which, uh, should have links to hopefully. Um, but if, if I don't, please look up, uh, Food Truck Champion, uh, as well as Whiskey Ginger, uh, because it will be totally worth your time. Uh, what would also be worth your time is listening to this podcast, episode 103, with the team company of Whiskey Ginger. haircut so I think it's just gonna be all these firsts now mm-hmm. it's like he this morning when I was leaving he got up he got up real early today he's like up at five oh. and as I was leaving to get on the bus he he kind of walked he, he got up like kind of pulled himself up using my my jeans like my pant legs and then he let go slightly just mm-hmm. for a second it was he was just like he was testing it out like am I strong enough uh-huh. so the, the steps are coming soon like it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen in the next probably a few, you know, couple of weeks maybe because mm-hmm. he's getting braver. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I have to keep that camera ready. Basically, I mean, my mom and I were like watching him last night, and he was just doing all this stuff. We're like, eh? is it now? 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <no. laughs> yeah, I have some kind of incentive for him to like 
yeah. feel like want it. to walk or yeah I don't know that's always how I've seen it just hold out crackers for him or something yeah yeah it was always something it's really crazy. really simple like I think for me it was like to put something up on the bookshelf and I was like ah yeah they're like oh yeah she went for it <laughs> oh yeah because I apparently walked at nine months so I was my the way my parents tell it's like I crawled and then I ran mm-hmm. like it wasn't really an in between process she's just like boom <laughs> so sure footed and now it's not so much. <laughs> Getting the game out. Yeah, I was just gonna. I guess I could at least show you. So there was some yeah. cards. So we're already recording. So we should, for posterity's sake, uh, welcome to that girl with the curls, Nicole and Luke. Um, I don't know how to pronounce your last names actually. So Nicole. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Nicole Jekic. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Nicole is also the uh, artist behind the the logo for the podcast. So that's right. Right. All the cute little snakes yeah. twirling. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then Luke, your last name? Uh, my name's Luke Turpinen. There we go. Okay. I just didn't want to completely back, you know, muddle them up. Right. So. No yeah, worries. Yeah, and for the We're rest of it. Yeah. And yeah. For the rest of the podcast, I mean, and I mean obviously in real life we are Nicole and Luke. Exactly. People just refer to us as that collective. So. Exactly. Last name's not really It's like Sam and yeah. Eric from uh, uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. Exactly. It's just one long name. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and the I guess the origin story behind this particular podcast is that we got, we've known each other for a few years now, because uh, Luke and I at one point were going to do a panel at GeekGirlCon. Right. I think it was like the second or third year of GeekGirlCon. Yeah, I want to say second year. Yeah, it's probably yeah. second year. Wow, I do not remember this at all. What was the panel going to be about? <clears throat> it was going to be, I think, about putting together a team of female superheroes. Like, we were going to just mm-hmm. make our own based off of all the other all of the female superheroes that are already in existence or something exactly. like that. Yeah, an yeah. all-female team with like exactly. an all-female uh, creative staff, I think we're going to talk about that. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think it was just because the, the whole thing was around like, you know, there's it's just all male teams for the most part, and then there's just one chick usually. I mean, mm-hmm. Justice League that's coming out soon right. is a prime <laughs> example of that. It's like, yeah, Wonder Woman was awesome, but you know what? Wonder Woman plus, you know, Black Canary or Big Barda because I'm biased that way, um, mm-hmm. or yep, you know, yep. literally any other woman in the DC universe would <laughs> yeah. be good too. Yeah, or like they've been teasing that they may throw in Green Lantern in as, as like at least a small bit. So mm-hmm. it'd be awesome if it was Jessica Cruz. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like show that the universe isn't all dudes. Yeah. Um, which you just wouldn't know from looking at the lineups half the time. Right. But what you would know if, like, yeah, you <clears throat> went to more of the, you know, obscure comics or, like, mm-hmm. even, even like, the TV series. Like, Vixen's the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the TV shows. And so it's like, why isn't she, like, considered for movies or, or bigger roles? Like hot, hot girl. And, yeah. 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 yeah there, there are some, like, really prominent female characters in both the DC and uh, MCU. Yeah. And Satana. Satana, oh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because I think they're going to do, I want to say that they were talking about doing like a Justice League Dark, like actual live action movie, because I know they did the animated one. Yeah, Yeah, Guillermo del Toro said that he was interested in directing that, which would be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then he got sucked into Pacific Rim, and then that was like a whole whole thing that just... That's fine. (laughs) That was a whole thing that distracted him. It's like, damn him and his original content. What the hell? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, based off of his love of kaiju movies or... (laughs) 
Uh, fun fact, yeah, that movie was actually originally going to be uh, based off of a tabletop game, Ooh. and then they actually pulled the license from it and just decided to do it kind of generic at the oh, last okay. minute. Mm-hmm. Still works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was going to be a Monsterpocalypse movie, <gasps> if you ever played that. I always never remember those. That we sounds st- great. We still have our figures, if anyone ever wants <clears throat> to, to pull those out. However, uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever really got a firm grip on all the rules, because it was so complicated and hard to look up during during combat, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could be a reason why it also just didn't end up becoming a movie. It's like, how would we have to implement this? All these, uh, you know what? No, we'll that's just never about... stopped them from making a game movie before. <laughs> that's I mean, true. It's like they what pixels? Uh, they made what? Uh, Laura Croft. I mean, all these the battleship. Game yeah, battleship was oh a thing. God, battleship. Yeah, I think what it was is that the uh, the license ended up not being as uh, profitable as they thought it would be, anyways, mm-hmm. and so they just decided to make it their own branding and go that direction instead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can see that working. I mean, the second one's coming out, was it next year? Or? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see that as a, you know, you can just keep that franchise going, and oh, especially yeah. if the second one's good. Especially yeah. if you keep bringing on, like, uh, the really awesome black actors, like, is it uh, Bodega? Is that yeah, John, uh, John Boyega. John Boyega. Boyega, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, man. A Bodega is something a little bit different. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're all going to probably screw up somebody's name at some point. Which sorry, is why I had name, you guys right? do your own last names <laughs> instead of completely destroying them in the process of trying to introduce you guys. Yeah. <laughs> That'll come later when I do the intro to the intro. Gotcha, gotcha. It's like, this is Nicole and Luke. You guys know them as Nicole and Luke. It's <laughs> all you need. I guess you can also refer to us as Whiskey Ginger because we've kind of made that our company name. There we go. I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's it's something that we try to go by as like a, a, a as our company, like what do you call that, like name or nomenclature or something. Yeah, your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our brand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't really know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really done much with it yet. So yeah. I mean, we've been doing some uh, some freelance work with uh, Daily Magic production or Daily Magic games rather, mm-hmm. uh, but we haven't really pressed that too far. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Just a little bit of work. Yeah, the first, yeah, obviously the first official project that we worked on, or one of the first official games that we worked on was our own, was the Food Truck Champion. Yeah, and like the chronology of it is kind of weird too, because we were working on our Food Truck game first, but then we met Daily Magic Games, and then we did uh, work like box design and rule book uh, design Mm -hmm. for uh, Mana Surge, which came out, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, I think. Yeah, (laughs) and then we actually did... uh, Contract work for the uh, Valeria games, Valeria Card Kingdom, Valeria Quest, uh, and Villages of Valeria. And Vo- Villages of Valeria as well. So we worked on all those games as Whiskey Ginger as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't do the main design work for those games, so mm-hmm. it wasn't as like prominent. Yeah, mm-hmm. more of a consulting kind of yeah exactly deal contract yeah, yeah. contract work that you were yeah. saying exactly yeah. yeah and food trucks like the full on like we made the game. We had the essentially, I guess, the art direction where we wanted to take uh, all the different uh, foods in the game and trucks and characters in the game, and then, yeah, and then Daily Magic took it from there. Exactly. So we ended up not actually doing the uh, the actual art direction, but we had mm-hmm. all of the preliminaries for that because we'd already done illustration for it uh, already. We'd already mm-hmm. done graphic design. We'd already come to the table with all these elements, and yeah. then they went a slightly different direction, but. Uh, yeah, they definitely were informed by our previous decisions. That's mm-hmm. sweet. Well, yeah. and yeah, and that can because you guys, because I mean, how we even got to Luke was uh, across the board. Right. Uh, is is that you guys worked for them, or you, is that that is in, us? That, that is you. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> many na- people of many names. Yeah. So, people of many names. Yeah. So across the board games. Net is yeah our copyright uh, whiskey ginger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually what it says at the bottom of the page. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, uh, but that was that was how it it really kind of started because I think mm-hmm. I put on Twitter that was like the panel I was thinking about doing for 
HeatGirlCon. Right. And then probably you as across the board was like, oh, Luke would be interested in that. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll give him this information. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I'm super into comics right now. Like, yeah, let's go talk about that. Let's yeah. do the whole thing. Man. And then it didn't happen because I stupidly read everything wrong and thought that if one person dropped out, like if you didn't have a certain amount of people on the panel, you couldn't do it. Like, uh-huh. someone told me that, or I read it somewhere, so it was all on me. I, unfortunately, read that wrong. So we didn't do it, but we still, like, stayed in touch. And, and then I think I met you at Geek Girl Con with him, mm-hmm. uh, like, at a party for Rat Queens, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. That's what yeah. that was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Celebrating, like, I think it was, like, just after the first trade of, yeah. uh, of Rat Queens. Exactly. Like, and I just, because I remember it also because... I think that's when you revealed your Maleficent tattoo. Yes. And also Jim Zub came up to us kind of drunk talking about D&D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a magical night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also went to that panel that was about uh, nerdy tattoos. Oh, that's where it that's was. That's what yeah. it was. Oh. Yeah. And it had all the panelists that were like UW Masters mm-hmm. program people that were talking about like layers of intricacies and yeah. like tattoos and symbolism and that was amazing. Yeah, because someone was doing like a PhD in anthropo- uh, anthropology uh, focused on like tattoos and like mm-hmm. body modification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which oh. is all interesting. And I mean, actually, one of the previous episodes of this was based off of a book that is about tattooed women. It's like the the whole idea of like yeah. you know why were women getting tattooed at this time and all like the social construct of it and everything. And I mistakenly thought she was at that panel. And when I talked to her, I mean, I was still fascinated by the book. But when I talked to her, I was like, "Yeah, I saw you at this thing." And she's like, "No, I was never at that thing." Like, well, then how did this happen? Other <laughs> <laughs> than the fact that your book is great, I for some reason thought she was. She was the one. Turns out, no. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still turned out a good episode. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just another another awesome person that's, like, interested in, like, this history of yeah. tattoos and women that, you know, now all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, you can be in part of this geek girl con community of people who also think about and talk about those subjects. Exactly. Why not? Mm-hmm. Who says you can't? No one. That's <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Oh, you guys should submit that panel again at some point. We could probably be, do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's still a, a dearth of all-female teams getting movies and everything and uh mm-hmm. oh yeah now you could talk about the success of um oh my gosh of course i'm on on recording i forget what the uh, patty jenkins patty jenkins yeah patty yeah. jenkins and wonder woman yeah yep and how those things are getting gaining prominence finally that one movie did really well for dc and they're still not learning the same lessons <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. It's it's really a hard time to be a DC fan, in my, my personal opinion, because like I, I really like the comics, mm-hmm. and I like the animation for the most part, though there's been a couple of missteps. The more recent ones where they've been like following the New 52 uh, line, like they haven't really gotten into the, the rebirth stuff, right. really, so it's still shitty storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so it's, yeah, it, it is kind of weird, especially because it looked like they're really establishing the New 52 as their new animation storyline, mm-hmm. right, in their new animated universe. And yeah. then they just kind of stopped making as many animations yeah. per month or per year. But and they're like, all Batman-centered to a yeah. degree where you're like, look, mm-hmm. guys, I like Batman. I like Batman a lot. But there are so many other characters that are worth your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like like the old Justice League cartoon was amazing mm-hmm. because it focused on the C and D characters that you don't really see very often. Yeah. But they actually have like some pretty cool backstories and like mm-hmm. character personalities. And, yep. Yeah. yeah. Who'd have thought that Booster Gold would actually be an entertaining character until he was on the cartoon? <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, like, yeah. There were a lot of yeah, like you were saying C, you know, B and C, even D list, you know, uh, characters were just like. Right. 
I don't even know who that person is, but I want to look him up now because they had a, like a really good run, like in a couple of episodes or something, you know? Yeah, yeah like Shining Knight was on there for a couple episodes. I'm like, who the heck is Shining Knight? Shining Knight Vigilante? Up. Like, yeah. you hear like Nathan Fillion's voice coming out of Vigilante and just like, what? What is happening? Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, I, I agree. It's rough being a DC fan, except for if you're a fan of Wonder Woman. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that movie yeah. is kind of like, Oh, good. We at least have one we can hold on to. Yeah, one that's good, and then hopefully they'll make even more. Is kind hopefully. of the, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, because they just announced what Zachary Levi uh, is going to be playing Shazam mm-hmm. in the Shazam movie. All right. I, I am actually excited to see a Shazam movie. That, mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, Black Adam as a villain is probably one of my favorites, especially because like the the dynamics there between the hero and villain are s- like just slightly different from anything mm-hmm. you really see in other DC comics, right? Yeah. Because like Shazam's like just as powerful as Superman, right? Mm-hmm. But then his villains are just totally different. Instead of being like really super sciencey capitalist yeah. types, so, like they're all well, magic. Yeah, I guess he has the one super scientist bad guy, but yeah, everyone Black has Adam. a super scientist bad guy. Like right. that's just yeah. part of the course. Yeah, you know, if you that's survived, how you know you're legit. Yeah, if you survive through the fifties and sixties, you probably have a super science. There you go. You know, uh, guy that you're like, oh, why? Oh, why do you hate me so much? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just like the dynamic between like a, a little kid superhero like Shazam, right, mm. versus a very adult kind of like real politic, you know, like kind of fascist Black Adam who's yeah. in control of like a nation and he has all these responsibilities mm-hmm. and he makes tough decisions because he's a tough person, yeah. you know, but he, he's a villain, right? And then you have this idealistic, morally simplistic, kind of like naive mm-hmm. superhero and the play between them is actually, I feel, really engaging. Yeah. Well, so I'm excited for that. And it'll be interesting because The Rock is playing Black Adam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is because with actors like The Rock, they really don't want to be playing assholes all the time. Right, right. It's like Adam Sandler won't ever, you know, he, he always wants to play the schlubby guy who starts off as an asshole, but is really just got like a heart of gold. Right, right. But he still ends up just being an asshole at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I feel like The Rock is in that same area where he doesn't want to be playing like a full-on villain, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of unfortunate because it's like just flex your muscles a little bit, dude. You've got plenty of them. I mean, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> like, so it'll be interesting to see how they, they make that story work. Like, because mm-hmm. if The Rock, because they were talking about doing a Black Adam solo movie. For the villain. Right. Prior to the movie ever even coming out. Which seems a little bizarre. It yeah. seems like, yeah, a little bit backwards. That sounds well, exactly like what DC and Warner Brothers want to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it seems yeah. weird because, like, I mean, I can understand because, like, Black Adam is kind of a sympathetic villain in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. he has been portrayed in the past as someone who's, like, morally gray as opposed to someone who's, like, actually evil. He's more like a Sinestro type. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And... But any more in the current state of, like, political climate in the United States, I'd really just rather not have the fascist be, like, a morally gray person. Yeah. I'd rather have them just be, like, the evil person. Yeah. Because, I mean, just honestly... just be an evil fascist. We just need an evil fascist. Yeah, we exactly. don't need to empathize with them yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather stick to the Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein marketing scheme at this point, where it's just mm. like, nope, nope, just up against the wall. Yeah, I wonder if D- yeah, DC and their bad decisions. I wonder if they just looked at like Vulture or whatever and like, oh, people are liking like that old cranky guy who goes against the system. Like, what if we just make a movie all about that with, but that guy has more power. Admittedly, right? well, my favorite thing about Vulture, right, mm-hmm. with the new Spider-Man movie though, has got to be that like, uh, Keaton has played a character named Birdman making fun of himself as playing Batman, yeah. but then now he's playing an actual 
Birdman. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yep. And you're just like, this has come full circle and then back around yeah. again. It's the Ouroboros that just keeps coming back around and eating himself over and over and is just not understanding how this is working anymore. Right, right. right. Like, as so, long as he keeps getting awards, I'm sure he's fine with it. So the next step is he has to play the voice of Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, oh, in the shit. new cartoon, right? Yeah. Oh, of then, course, right? Now that you say that, yes. <laughs> then it'll be complete. Um, speaking of, I guess, like pie in the sky kind of ideas of uh, of, of comics, is, go please. Oh yes, <laughs> is, is, is uh, you know with all the with the Ford Ragnarok and like people are like, oh yeah, you know the the formula of making kind of like a fun in space with superheroes movie mm-hmm. is you know if if DC had some sense at all is 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 if they took that took that kind of like Thor Ragnarok idea mm-hmm. and brought in some of and, and the success of Wonder Woman and then brought in some of our favorite characters yes. like Big Barda, Furies, and then took them to like Apocalypse. And oh my god. Like, here I've you been go. advocating we have our... for a fourth world movie forever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, you want to send them to outer space and like something weird? Send them to Apocalypse and yeah. we'll have a great time. I want Kirby well, inspired everything. Well, the building up to that, right? Like, like super obvious. Like, I mean, I, Wolfenstein is coming think, in? No, Steppenwolf. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wolfenstein. <laughs> no, no, the, yeah, from Step, the previous, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Steppenwolf. You know, so many words. Right, it's fine. Um, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know they're going to play that. You know they're going to play that because uh, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah, and have all the money for it. Yeah. yeah. They're going to play the actual Steppenwolf song because that's what it is now. It's Ugh. so the, it's not even a good jukebox musical. It's it's just every popular song you could possibly name from a particular era mm-hmm. or having to do with the subject matter will be in there. Right, it's right. It's like they saw the Iron Man trailer from the very first Iron Man movie and they're like, let's do nothing but that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I still haven't seen, like, I haven't seen, like, beginning to end Suicide Squad. But everything I know of it tells me, no, never. And then secondly, it's just one long music video. It's like one musical sequence after another, after another, after another. And it stars Will Smith, so it's like, yeah. yeah. It feels like sometimes that fits, but at the same time, like the, watching as a comic, uh, comic superhero movie, yeah. like I think when we went with all four of our friends, we all came out of there... Uh, Hating it in different ways, mm. if you, if you was, like, is what the consensus was. I feel yeah. like it would have been a halfway decent 90-minute movie, but the fact that it was like 270 minutes like, really, really killed me. The fact yeah. that there was no Will Smith rap song at the end of the movie, nor yeah. a corresponding music video, <laughs> told me everything I needed to know, because that's mm-hmm. why he was popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, along with like actual good movies like Men in Black and... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but he could. They had an opportunity to tie that full circle, yeah. kind of like the Keaton thing. Right? I don't understand how why that didn't happen. I mean, did he retire from being a, a, a hip hop artist or something? Or I mean, I, I have no maybe, idea. Maybe I guess, but like maybe get Jaden or Willow in there. I don't care. I mean, yeah, because we needed another Wild Wild West or Men in oh Black song, right? Right. Something that would yeah stick in our mind that would be like, oh yeah, that was that song of like this era Ooh. of Will Smith, right? Didn't he do one for Hitch? Oh, I don't even know. Oh, or or there was that superhero did. movie where he was like the oh Hancock, yeah, or Hancock. Mm-hmm. He didn't do. I completely forgot he had already been in a superhero movie. Technically, I mean, yeah. before it was a thing. Spoiler alert: they're like angels or some shit. I, I never know. actually saw it. Oh, yeah. spoiler alert: they're angels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll ever care. No. <laughs> that movie is like halfway a good movie, and then when it hits that half point and into like the third act. Sucks. It's just right. so terrible. <laughs> and you're like, no, Charlize Theron, Will Smith, this could actually have worked. And no. Oh. <laughs> no, I've seen Charlize Theron in plenty of bad movies. Oh, yeah. Even though she was a cool character. Yeah. She's the best part about the Snow White movie. I was just oh. thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I was bringing it back to Aeon Flux because I showed oh. you that a while ago and it was bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Especially since that cartoon freaked me out as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that on TV and being like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. I'm kind of freaked out, but I still want to keep watching. 
Yeah, it's yeah. They they took like this really surreal cartoon basically, and then they turned it to just like a generic movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of sad. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I mean. The biggest thing, the, one of the biggest problems with the movie industry is that there's just such a lack of wanting to experiment, especially in your bigger budget movies. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's such a like, okay, we'll make this for a hundred million dollars, and then it goes into this category, this category, this category. Someone comes up with a completely different idea that still works, and there's no. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're like, we want we want the safe bets that make us all this money, exactly. right? Which is a lot of the the BS of like the diver- you know lack of diversity casting. Is mm. they're like, well, we want reliable you know actors that are just you know people don't have any kind of affiliation with because they're white, so they're just and they're popular. So yeah. <laughs> we'll just we'll just always cast them. They're reliable. We don't need to change whatever. And then it just yeah, cr- yeah. creates more and more problems because mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. You anymore. get people overreacting because Heimdall is a black man. Uh-huh. Black people didn't exist in the times of the Norse gods. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like this fictional character. Right. Yeah. Although, although, yeah, the, uh, I feel silly because I just realized uh, that that lady in the in the all the Thor trailers was Valkyrie. I had mm. no idea. And then when it was finally, I finally figured it out. I was like, yes, they did diversity casting, and then it it fit in there really well. And I had no idea that that was Valkyrie. But now I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm like yeah. more excited that that is Valkyrie, She's a character a I yeah. a character I know, right? <laughs> but it's played by uh, uh, yeah, not uh, a blonde Viking looking lady. Tessa right? Thompson, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Dear White People. Oh, okay. I think that's what she was. From. Sweet. I've I've never seen her in anything else before, but. I feel like I've seen, I, I know Dear White People, I don't know if she was in anything else, and I apologize, Tessa, I'm sorry, <laughs> if you're listening, which I'm sure you are. I mean, all, all the reviews uh, I've seen so far have said that she steals the show in every single scene that she's in. I don't doubt it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just, because knowing what kind of a director Taika Waititi is, mm-hmm. and trusting him not only with the comedy, which apparently like a movie like this was going to have tons of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first trailer... When Hulk comes out, he's like, "Yes, uh-huh. he's a friend from work." Uh-huh. <laughs> like that kind of stuff just makes me feel like you know it's in good hands. So how could right. it really mm-hmm. go wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I, I, I uh, you know, since Guardians of the Galaxy, I've been starting to trying to look more at the directors of these different like superhero films, mm-hmm. and it's the ones that tend to be like comedy writers that have their really good uh, shtick that I guess are do- making a lot of these you know funny movies that are also related to comics like work yeah. really well, like a. Uh, I think it was a, a friend of ours that was telling us, like, the director for, for First Guardians, right? Is it James Gunn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was like, oh, yeah, did you ever see that Scooby-Doo movie, live-action movie? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was hilarious, you know? And he basically applied, like, similar kind of, like, timing and stuff mm-hmm. to the superhero setting, and it worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Even um, Slither, he did that movie. Um, and that's, I mean, it's a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it's still funny. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he's got Michael Rooker in it too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can just—that's what I like about directors like that—is where they'll take those like character actors and really put them to good use. Like, mm-hmm. who'd have thought Yondu would have actually been a really amazing and important character? Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Two right. Guardians of the Galaxy movie, right? And gave him the Mary Poppins y'all thing that everyone is like so about, right? Mm-hmm. That like just started this this you know cosplay following. I really. saw someone <laughs> actually did a custom Funko uh, uh, doll. Of him as Mary Poppins. Oh, did they like Amazing. switch the heads on the two? I don't or? know if they switched the head, but I think they might have just taken the Mary Poppins doll and then mm-hmm. just painted it blue and like where uh, her hair was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
they might have done some more customization, but I saw that I was like, I want to buy this mm-hmm. right yeah, now. I, I feel like Funko should just make that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think? It's over at Everett. That. We should go knock on the door. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a drive up to Everett and be like, hey guys, we have these ideas. I have yeah. some, <laughs> some uh, concept uh, artwork they need to look at. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, just throwing out there, they're hiring for that right now, too. Ooh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah they are. Hey. Yeah, concept work and uh, sculptors. Sculptors, so, yeah. If you live in Washington. Yeah, it's a place to be. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I saw something for the licensing, too, which I think would be kind of yes. interesting. Actually, that yeah. was listed as an entry-level position, too. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, there you go. Hmm. You can find things that haven't been on Funko Pop Figures yet, but should be. Yeah. And if you really know media and you really know licensing. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like, what, oh my gosh, what well, haven't they, they done? They've done, like, literally Saga. Everything. They were putting out yeah. a Saga line, which <laughs> I'm like, oh, now they're going to take all of my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if they start getting into more of, the, like, the image, comics, oh and stuff God. like that, ooh, I'd be so excited. And there's some, like, Bitch Planet stuff mm-hmm. that's yeah. going coming down the line. Yeah. Sex criminals. <laughs> Basically everything from milk fed criminals. Is right, just right. Happen. I actually think uh, uh, locally we've gotten a lot of people who've t- picking up picked up those IPs. I can't remember if you've if you've seen some of those. I know they were at uh, like uh, espionage com- cosmetics that are in mm-hmm. Tacoma. Like they do you know nail wraps and, and makeup and stuff usually mm-hmm. nerd themed. Um, but they have a, a bitch planet license. A uh, bombsheller too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and bomb yeah bombsheller leggings. So both local local companies and I guess you know nerd accessories and mm-hmm. fashion and stuff that are like we're gonna go for the obscure uh, comic stuff. Like, yeah, I think a, a, a Bombsheller even has, like, a Odyssey, which is a comic that mm-hmm. I picked up recently. Yeah. And, like, gorgeous. yeah, gorgeous. Oh, so beautiful. And, yeah, they're, I see the leggings everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a very long conversation with Matt Fraction about, um, it was about Odyssey, but it was related to Margaret Atwood's uh, Penelope ad. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Odyssey told from Penelope's point of view. Okay. Um, but it's much, oh. it's more modernly set as well. So it's like taking the feminist ideas and putting them on a Penelope and just kind of like retelling the story from her perspective. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. Oh. As she's sitting there waiting, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> when it goes into like the fact that Helen of Troy is her cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is like, she's pretty, she's pretty damn sure that um, Odysseus probably, you know, fucked Helen or was doing it because he was in love with Helen or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Helen's the most beautiful and I'm this plain little Penelope. Right, know? right. So stuff like that. I mean, it's it's interesting, like, how she how she frames it. So, And she's still got, like, the Greek chorus who are all doing, like, it's almost like pop song versions of a Greek chorus kind of stuff. So it's, awesome. it's real. I have, I have to reread it. It's been a while. But, yeah, I had a really long conversation about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, a good thing, like, when you can have a comic book that can kind of spurn that kind of conversation mm-hmm. you know and it's cool that they're taking inspiration like so directly too from like sources that you don't really tend to see in modern uh comics sometimes like mm-hmm. like greek mythology sure yeah. right but like the idea All of like of actually taking like mm-hmm. a structure from like greek plays right like introducing like the chorus right as yeah. a narrative element mm-hmm. right like that that to me is like a higher grade of like uh like literature like introduction yeah, yeah. to the comics which is kind of kind of <clears throat> excuse me kind of cool to see yeah, no, I mean, when they get a little experimental, it's always interesting. Like, it doesn't always work, but mm-hmm. when it does, and you can kind of see, like, how it's different from, like, mainstream comics, you're just like, this is amazing, and I must hold on to this precious artifact. <laughs> right. Know? It's like they're not just talking to each other while they're beating each other up. Yay! Like, yeah. Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah. Little speech bubble punch. Speech bubble, yeah, more exposition, punch. magic blast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or it's like even when, because um, I remember during the Wonder Woman run under Azarello and Chang uh, with the New Fifty Two, they mm-hmm. did the annual, and it was they structured it like a Silver Age comic. 
and so it had like the enormous amounts of dialogue and, and uh-huh. uh, you know descriptions of what's happening. Very little dialogue, but just like all this like and Diana felt in this moment, blah blah blah. It's like, uh-huh. oh okay, right. <laughs> it was just a nice throwback, you know, mm-hmm. just what those kind of origins are or how it fit into this particular book, mm-hmm. you know. So I appreciate when that stuff happens because it's it's very rare that people have that wherewithal or sense of humor about it where they can comment on it, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but we're actually here to talk about You guys make games. We do oh, make yeah. games. Yeah, but we also love comics and yes. nerd things. So we also want to promote yeah. what you actually have here because, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, because it does speak to the world we live in now with food trucks. That's true. And That's whatnot. true. So what do we have here? <laughs> All right. So, uh, we, so we mentioned it briefly earlier, but this is our first uh, game that we made together. So Food Truck Champion is just a competitive card game where you are food trucks uh, basically trying to be the most popular food truck on the block. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make uh, you basically fulfill different uh, recipes here with different ingredients. Uh, you have different actions in the game that you can take, mm. and uh, usually there's a little bit of uh, set collection as far as like the type of ingredients and type of dishes that you're trying to mm-hmm. complete based on your food truck's, uh, I guess, in, uh, profile as far as the ingredients they mm, prefer. Nice. Tacos yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, as, a, as someone who struggles with names all the time in terms of my writing, like, mm-hmm. how is that process for you guys? Is this, I mean, this is such a, like, a cosmetic choice kind of thing, but, like, how, how did you guys go about with the naming of, of such things? And Well, honestly, what we're looking at is uh, we approach this from the standpoint of what kinds of food trucks do we like going to, what mm-hmm. kinds of food trucks are common, but then we also wanted to look at making sure that we're Uh, presenting things in a non-traditional or straightforward fashion as much as possible, Mm -hmm. even while keeping things uh, very, very obvious what they are by by looking at it. So we do have a taco truck, uh, which is kind of an obvious choice for this, but then it is a little bit different as far as like the way it's presented. It's uh, got a little bit more character than just like a generic style taco truck. Yeah. And uh, we've tried to um, make sure that all of the, all the characters involved are, are, have kind of like a wide spread of diversity involved. I really like Lady Josephine's. Mm-hmm. I would drive that car. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And probably drive it into a pole because I don't know how to operate it. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like was based on like an old-time jalopy kind of car. Yeah. Yeah, so, so kind of what Luke was mentioning is we're trying to give all these uh, both trucks and then the foods kind of like their own like separate like personalities as far as like, you know, uh, the food that they represent, but then not necessarily stick it to like one kind of cuisine. And mm-hmm. that was something that, you know, this is a, a, a three was a three-year project and so we went through many different iterations on like how we should like make the food that then goes with the trucks, but then make sure the trucks are representative of the foods that people enjoy eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then isn't like, you know, this is a Chinese food truck, this is yeah. an American food truck. And so we kind of to tried to diversify it a little bit, but then, Right, yeah. because even if you look at like the food trucks in our area, for example, there's not a lot of them that are just like focused on one s- specific style of cuisine, or rather, they have a specific style that they have defined, but it's not necessarily like uh, solely defined by their ethnic background, which yeah. is something that uh, is like a, a essentially like a uh, what do you call it? like a thematic hole that we, we didn't want to fall down into, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to make sure that, uh, for example, one of our favorite food trucks is a fusion between like uh, Vietnamese food and Filipino food, mm-hmm. and we wanted to be able to provide that kind of an experience in this game where you can create fusion elements by having different kinds of items on your menu. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. How and much um, How much research went into the food 
um, you know, your food choices. Right. Like. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I would say like pretty much uh, all of the couple years leading up to this project, we had been working on like a food blog kind of site oh, that okay. didn't really that didn't really go anywhere. And honestly, Seattle has so many new restaurant openings and food, mm-hmm. you know, fads coming through it that it's really hard to follow. And so we ended up just taking a lot of our experience going to those food truck events and like covering different restaurants when we lived in you know, Capitol Hill, the fancy yeah. fancy district and all the foods there, uh, uh, and basically taking a lot of our, our favorite di- dishes and influences and then putting them uh, in these uh, in these trucks and recipes. So for, for example, so mm. I think the, the urban garden here, so this is kind of like our Californian, vegetarian, yeah. uh, more, more, you know, raw food kind of focused. Yeah, one that you'd yeah. find up in like Fremont. For right? sure, yeah. Yeah, and I- Local uh, humor. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, but they, you know, they have things that are like the spinach strawberry salad, which I think I literally ate before we came here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so sure. spinach, spinach strawberry salad. I think there's, you know, it also has like those uh, summer rolls that you have mm-hmm. in like uh, you see in like Vietnamese cuisine and mm-hmm. stuff. You know, things that are usually like raw. Uh, raw vegetables and stuff and like yeah. rice wraps and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my personal favorite truck and the re- one of the reasons like I, I wanted to make this game too is I wanted to put a focus on Filipino food because that was something that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, it's not in any other board game and so a little achievement there. I'm yay. like, yay, there's a Filipino food that's represented in a board game and I can say that we helped do that. Huzzah. So it has, you know, the classics of like lubia and adobo mm-hmm. and... Uh, hollow hollow a couple of desserts and things like that and uh yeah we just wanted to also have fun with it as well and kind of put some of our favorite dishes in there that maybe people hadn't heard of Mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the more fun parts of testing you know is we didn't have we had like some placeholder art for a lot of the a lot of the cards while we were testing these games but uh we we uh mainly we put the names in there like as they were going to appear so for example, uh, this one, sizzlin sisig, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is just like a, it's a pork cheek dish that you have in, in the Philippines, and you know, mm-hmm. it's it's usually something that you serve on a hot plate. But the fact that you just had like that name, sizzlin sisig, on like the card, people are like, I don't know what that is, but I am building this, and yeah. then they would have a little bit of like, well, this is the kind of food it is, and encourages people to also, hopefully, in my in my mind, try new foods and yeah, try expand new their horizons a little bit. Yep, yep, exactly. And so that's that's kind of our our design philosophy when we go into these kinds of things is that we're not just making a game, we're trying to make an experience, mm-hmm. right? And we want people to experience things that are both familiar as well as new mm-hmm. when they're uh, when they're coming... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time talking. That's okay. Uh, when they come to the table... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So we want people to have like new and uh, familiar experiences, and so we want to be able to show them like things that they're aware of, right? Like the burgers and stuff, but then also things that are maybe different, like maybe the uh, the herb stuff or the Filipino food. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm a really big fan of putting food as just a theme on games. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing that I just enjoy, and I tend to collect a lot of games that are about food because. Honestly, uh, uh, food is obviously so central to everyone's life, (laughs) and it's something that you can connect with, and so I feel having a game that is about food is more likely or is a little bit more accessible to people who maybe have not considered board games uh, either. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot of us connect over food. I mean, like, what the the things that we've eaten that are either similar or, like, like you said, you just, like... 
if I've eaten something you haven't, and then I can talk about like how good it is or whatever, mm-hmm. it might shift your uh, thinking towards it, or it might not, depending on <laughs> what you're inclined to. Exactly, to eat. exactly. And we had that. We had mm-hmm. that very naturally in playtests too, where people are like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I had there's this crepe, you know, like I've had crepes, or like I like mm-hmm. this kind of crepe, or I go to this place for crepes and." Yeah, it would just have like natural conversation, you know, even even with some of the dishes that people maybe didn't know, someone was like, oh yeah, I know that dish, I've had it yeah. before this. And it, yeah, it encourages that conversation mm-hmm. while also playing a cool game. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's really cool. So um, so what was the testing like for this? Like in terms of like the process of, of creating a game, first of all, why don't, we, why don't we go through that first? Oh yeah, yeah, you wanna start with that? Yeah, <laughs> so, so it's a really generic process. <laughs> yeah, so with this game, uh, we started off with a design concept that was uh, there was an existing game that was out of print for a couple years that was really hard to get a hold of, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Glory to Rome. Glory, Glory to, to Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, it had some basic design elements that weren't really seen in other games that came after that, but that we wanted to replicate and kind of riff off of, but then also improve because there's definitely some aspects of that game that we felt didn't really work mechanically for sure. or that we wanted to improve on. And so we started off basically looking at their rules and the way they set up their cards, and we made a design document that listed all of the changes that we wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Like our, our first initial assessment of like just basic changes. And then we essentially rewrote all the rules from the ground up for this game that included these new design features, mm-hmm. and then uh, played it. Like, made all the cards up, yeah. like uh, did everything as much as we could without names or anything, just yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just the mechanics. And then we played through to see if it worked. And then as we played through that, we came up with more and more changes that we wanted to implement into it. And as we continued to uh, to make design iterations, mm-hmm. right, then it kept on changing more and more, and it eventually evolved into something else yeah, entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? and that was basically like a two, two. I would say two of three year process or two and a half. Well, actually, we tested all the way up until like Kickstarter, pretty much. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's yeah. So like, I want to say like the first year was us being kind of like just amateurs and like trying to figure out what it was we were doing as designers in the first place because we didn't really know what we wanted out of it or if we wanted yeah. to self publish or like anything at all. Yeah, and we we didn't have a group of playtesters. We didn't have a group of designers to bounce ideas off of. We didn't have any sort of like infrastructure or support network or mm-hmm. uh, or anything as far as like yeah. contacts in the industry. Just really. two crazy kids with a crazy idea. Yeah, that yeah. would bring yeah. that would bring the game to the bar to the to the nerd bar, yeah. right? And then would would play it with friends, right? Basically, yeah. a Bon Jovi song waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and essentially, what happened is that we uh, we started playtesting it with our friends enough to the point where our friends got so sick of us asking them to play it, right? <laughs> that we had to find other people that yeah. would be willing to playtest it. And so we started making these playtest organization mm-hmm. uh, things, and we started these events uh, and inviting other designers to bring their games to it so that we could all play each other's games and have it be kind of like a mutual yeah. uh, environment. And then we kind of picked up steam from there and mm-hmm. coordinated with another group of playtesters and made a larger playtest organization. Mm-hmm. And then that playtest organization ended up having a connection with a publisher, and then that got us... Uh, a buyout deal for a game, and wow. then mm-hmm. a, about a year after they bought the game is about when it's coming out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And so actually, like from the time of this podcast, we are, we're 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 holding and, and sharing like what an actual Kickstarter copy is going to look like and what they're gonna be when they go to backers here. Probably in the next two weeks is kind of what I, I remember that the last update email was about is uh, 
couple yeah, so weeks. This is an advanced copy that we got, but this is the copy that will go to uh, Kickstarter backers here soon. Mm -hmm. cool, cool. So, and it's real, it's exciting. Can it's touch a physical it. thing. It's a, yeah, I know. It's no longer just just on the interwebs. How do yeah. you guys how do you guys feel about that? Like having like the physical like I mean it's everything that the, all this work put into yeah. like 3 years of work sitting right in front of you now. It's so weird. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really real to me until I saw the final copy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like we had the prototype versions that we were working with, and to me, like, the design work was done, like, a year ago, so I haven't really even particularly thought about it that much in the oh, last okay. year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just been waiting for the publishing team to get done with their work and, like, to get the, the copies from China and stuff. Yeah. And so now that it's actually here... I'm like, okay, well, now it's actually real. Now yeah. it's actually happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I can lay eyes on it. Like, oh, okay, now. <laughs> yeah, because we we have a designer friend that had uh, a design that he that he got pushed through, and it was uh, was bought, and they did all this work for it, and they published it, mm -hmm. and then there was like a strike in China. Oh and, no. And his games, they were they were published, they were made, they're all wrapped up and ready to go. They're sitting in a warehouse on a pier in China, waiting oh. to get shipped, and they stayed there for five years. Oh my god. <laughs> Right. Wow. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, in, in per yeah. like personally, like, I didn't think it was real until I actually had the yeah. copy in my hand. Yeah, and it's weird because, yeah, we, we uh, yeah, have definitely different experiences as far as how we feel. Because to me, as soon as the as soon as the Kickstarter was over and was funded, it was real to me, and it, and I basically like from that point on, like, just basically had all these opportunities to like further build up playtest community, like further talk about like mm -hmm. game design. Like I started getting invited to more panels and stuff like that. And just to me it like started being real like almost almost even before almost even before like the campaign finished because like we kept getting like all this interest into um, mm -hmm. like what we do as a as a playtest community, what we do as designers, what we did with across the board. And so I feel like I've been going like nonstop on all these different opportunities like since mid February. Yeah. Oh, tired. oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm tired, and it's not gonna, and it's not mm -hmm. gonna stop. That's the thing. It's not gonna stop, and it's definitely like not gonna stop with Food Truck Champion. And so yeah. I, I see, I see this as like, you know, this this awesome thing that's just like the smaller starting point of like a much bigger awesome thing. Bigger oh, definitely. Yeah, and I, know, and I know you feel you feel the same way about that. It's oh, just yeah, it's just like for this specific yeah. game, right, I feel like, like I kind of like handed the torch off to this other totally competent team of individuals that have been doing a uh, tremendous job. Mm -hmm. And then I've been, I've been focused I've been focusing on the uh, the next step, which is a successor game that would take some of the same themes and then be able to uh, put them into a, a different uh, context. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Like if you're, <laughs> it's okay. It's a lot of yeah, a lot of words, a lot of things. We're all friends here. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't do much editing, so whatever. <laughs> no, it's no, it's cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the tiredness probably is just. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. I, I mean, exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I and I wonder how like uh, people who have you know uh, podcasts and, and media and does like constant media coverage for things that are actually updated. I have a little bit more like uh, feel for how that actually is because mm -hmm. I have to stay like on top of these things as they develop, right? Yeah. As people start getting our games here in the next two weeks, it's like, oh, I gotta remember I should probably be on social media to like tell people like thank you and oh, okay. and say like awesome, I'm glad you like our game and answer questions about it. Or yeah, I'm sure people will have similar things where they're like, what food is this? Or this is really cool, this food that you introduced in mm -hmm. there. And I, I yeah, I just basically have to get re re into the mindset of this game that, you know, in back in my mind I thought I hadn't really thought about <laughs> since since the campaign in March. Yeah, so yeah. 
Yeah. Have you been telling people like take pictures of themselves playing with it or you know? Uh, well, they really had, yeah. Yeah, I mean, besides the reviewers that already had copies, like mm-hmm. no one else has copies yet, so. Mm-hmm. Start an Instagram account where it's like, all right, send us your pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, towards the, I think it was like halfway through the campaign, we tried doing, or we started doing like a kind of a social media thing where it was take a picture of like, I think it was like the game or the card or, or no, it was a picture of you in front of like your favorite food truck or oh, something. Oh, nice, right. yeah. Yeah, and so uh, that was something that, uh, yeah, I wish we could have done done more for, but again, it's you know, busy and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. I would love to like get more more, get this game in front of more people at like the food truck events and stuff in the, oh, yeah. in the area because again like I feel like we could get more people into board games specifically by just having a game that's about food that mm-hmm. interests people um, well, and it's yeah. also an, it's an uh, you know because we have like a lot of these like game stores and comic book shops that are, are trying to kind of take on more of a cafe vibe mm-hmm. you know where it's it's much more like okay we want you to like buy our products but we'd also like you to like feel comfortable coming in like sitting down having a chat mm-hmm. playing a game you know just mm-hmm. it's it's that you know kind of community building that's right. we've I think been focusing on a lot more in the last at least maybe five years or so mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more but I'm just gonna round it down mm-hmm. <laughs> five years seems about right yeah yeah it's like just this idea that you know we're because the internet brings us together but we're also so separate at mm-hmm. the same time and but actually having like a place you can go to where there's a game where you can sit around chat with people while you're playing have a coffee read a comic book do whatever mm-hmm. like this is very much in that vein you know mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. like one of those sit down games you're like all right everybody we met here specifically to play this we're all going to do all those other different things yeah uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah and and like you said uh, that common element of food is what brings people together right mm-hmm. and so you might as well just reinforce it with the theme of the game Mm-hmm. And it creates the, the yeah, it makes the theme really approachable. Yeah, and I think there's some yeah, I, I think I need to uh, I've taken actually a lot of pictures of the food that is in that has been illustrated in this game, like in real life. And I think I actually need to like when you mentioned the Instagram or thing, I think you should probably share more about that, right? Yeah. It's like actually be like, Oh yeah, this food that's like drawn on here, here it here is it actually in real life, like me eating it or me finding mm-hmm. it and it's a mm-hmm. thing that exists out there that you can try yourself too. And Nicole, did you do all the did you do all the illustrations or uh, no. So this was done by uh, Claire Donaldson. Oh, okay. So she is a very, very awesome artist and I love her kind of illustrative work and her Yeah, especially that she was uh, <laughs> was was excited to take on the task of drawing what I think ended up being Hundred uh, unique uh, food wow. uh, pieces, illustrations, illustrations yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like I, I came down there all the time to see her and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're making all this food and you're, you're drawing all this food, and I'm sure getting hungry the entire time, having to research the different dishes." Like I'm also eating specific. it, so that's cool too. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, it just got me out there, and uh, yeah. And was so, there a particular food that she drew so well that you were like, "Oh my god, you made that look amazing"? Oh, gosh, you know what? We can, we can, we can keep talking while I'm looking through all of these mm-hmm. because I'm trying to think because uh, some of these uh, were actually new and haven't been printed on cards yet oh. because they were specifically stretch goals that then got unlocked uh, during the campaign oh, and so sweet. there there's new art on here that I actually hadn't seen on the cards yet so like this uh, grilled squid like that wasn't on there before, when we were doing play testing and stuff uh, why is it considered a fruit uh, oh, oh is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a little bit different. Yeah. So yeah. This, uh, the way these cards are set up is mm-hmm. the three sections of the card are completely distinct from each other. Oh, okay. So this is the uh, the middle part here is the ingredient, or rather the recipe section. Mm-hmm. And so this tells you that it's a Filipino uh, truck dish, right? Because the logo matches the Filipino truck. Gotcha. Uh, it takes one meat to cook it. Okay. So 
that and then the name of the dish and the picture and then so that's one section okay. this other one over here is completely different and that's if you were using this card as an ingredient to fulfill a different dish mm -hmm. it would take the fruit but it's not meant to correspond oh, okay. to that at all oh, right. just like uh, the driver over here is an action that you can take okay. and it doesn't really correspond to anything else in the card as well gotcha. it's just a way to evenly distribute them amongst all the cards okay so it's just different parts of the gameplay Exactly. Yeah, on each card. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we uh, decided to do with uh, uh, Glory to Rome, is that they had had these, basically they had double-use cards mm -hmm. for some of their cards, where it was essentially something kind of like the, uh, the recipe here plus the ingredient, but then the ingredient would also, would always match the recipe, mm -hmm. and the recipe would always be like one, two, or three of the same ingredient. Okay. So for example, theirs is all about making houses and stuff, and they had like marble was one of the resources. Mm -hmm. So this would be marble, and it would match this, which would be one, two, or three marble. Gotcha. And then it wouldn't have this second part up here. So we've added more complexity to the game by mm -hmm. requiring the cards to fulfill more, uh, more roles mm -hmm. in the game. But then we've also, uh, changed the way that the the recipes are constructed and then the distribution of cards is totally different and okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was it was a yeah it was a it's a pretty deep mechanical cut i guess yeah uh, i mean we can i mean i if you're comfortable like uh, like giving me any kind of the artwork i can share on this oh, on the website and everything yeah. just so that people can kind of see what we're actually talking about right right yeah because i know this is all this is all you we're seeing this yeah but yeah but we'll yeah we'll send you it's perfect all. for a podcast audience yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you yeah a lot of the the art and things so you yeah you were uh, um mentioning what 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 did i like of claire's out of all of these you know all of the hundred of drawings and i would mm -hmm. have to say uh well luke's gonna look through his yeah. i have to say chicken adobo is probably my favorite mostly because of like the rice and i don't know what it is but she got that gleam on that chicken like oh, just yeah, yeah. right <laughs> it's like really glaze on there yeah, yeah yeah it's really like uh i mean all of these look tasty it's kind of like yeah. how well can, has for me, it was how how well did it actually like capture like oh my god that looks like chicken on rice. This thing of pork belly bites actually looks really good. Yeah, pork belly. I think I yeah I also picked out this okra one which I hadn't seen yet and ah. uh, that I mean the fact that she actually drew all the notches in it and looks it looks like okra is oh pretty god. pretty impressive. The level of detail, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And she did actually I should probably point out so um, in addition to all of these food trucks uh, they all have owners which uh, <laughs> basically do special things in games and all of these owners are usually a people uh that we kind of pick specifically to be the owners so mm -hmm. i know this was um one of the artists or, or one of the the graphic designers uh dylan this is someone that he used to work work with and so he who owned i think a taco truck and For so muerte. yeah yeah and so his his uh, old boss basically became uh, the the owner of that food truck for the for the Filipino food truck, it was my sister and I, and so Claire did up a, a drawing of, of both of us, That's which is adorable. nice. Uh, Luke actually got because of <laughs> yeah, you like this, you like this because of the green. He got to be green player. Now he's always green player in this game. Always, I'm always, always and forever. Yeah. yeah. And this was actually before we got our adorable dog, and so he still got a dog that he got to be that got to be in the picture as part of like his team member for that for Aww. that truck. And it's not actually our our, our dog because we got the dog after the game. Okay. <laughs> there was you know foretelling of yeah <laughs> of getting yeah getting a another dog companion. We have Lady Lady Josephine's, but I think it was just based on either a, a cosplayer or someone that we liked. I, I forget really, but. We wanted to have someone that was all about like tea, kind of in that like Victorian, mm -hmm. not necessarily steampunk, but kind of like Victorian uh, era, which it has like the little like 
kind of old cart and yeah. stuff and kind of like a, a bakery kind of like a yep. tea shop yeah. yeah so it's bakery tea and coffee is is her focus mm-hmm. and then we have our uh, a couple of our early play testers and friends uh scott and paul <laughs> who who make up the bear burgers so they're, they're the the two hamburger flipper Aww. flipper yeah, uh, the, managers the of bearded that. yeah, yeah the, the, the portly bearded men yes who uh, are called the bear burgers is yeah. it also because they're in the bear community well, the actual people are not, but these characters are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, that's, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the joke, I guess. Or it's a play on words. That's exactly. what that is. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I love good wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> As do we. So. Yeah, so like the Filipino truck is the soul sisters, but mm-hmm. the soul is the sun because there's the sun on a Filipino flag. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lady Chelsea. Four years of Spanish, something. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope I know what sun is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we had, a, we had a fun little, uh, I guess, backstory on the the top the was it tacos of the it's not tacos of the dead right it's death yeah. tacos or is it tacos of death tacos of death yeah we had like a, a translation thing where it was i guess not the raw not the right like uh, suffix or something and oh, oh yeah yeah so so what happened is that oh, yeah. uh, uh, the the publishers were like okay so we need a fifth truck and we haven't really come up with a uh, theme for any of it yet because originally there was only four trucks mm-hmm. and so they were talking like well let's do a taco truck and we're like yeah it sounds like a like a great idea mm-hmm. and so they're like well uh, what should it be called and uh, Isaiah who's uh, Isaiah uh, Vallejo who's one of the owners of the company was like oh let's call it Tacos de, de, de los Muertos right? oh okay and I was like okay so Tacos of the Dead People awesome sure whatever <laughs> right and I was like uh, if that's what you want to call it then that's great and I'm like I'm not going to argue with your Spanish mm-hmm. so cool. and then yeah it ended up being like uh, during the Kickstarter someone was like actually tacos of dead people doesn't really sound great like are you sure about your spanish and i was like <laughs> yeah i think yeah and, it, I, and it, I was like well i mean i lived in chile for a couple of years and i speak spanish but i'm not going to argue with isaiah's spanish like. yeah and i think it was just like a thing where where it we people who read it could it, in spanish like could understand like what we meant that it was like tacos of death or something but the way that we had it phrased it mm-hmm. was like tacos it could be con- con- construed as tacos made of dead people Right or tacos made of death? Yeah, well, it was, it was oh, tacos okay. de los muertos, right? Which mm-hmm. means tacos of the dead, of the dead, okay. like plural, like yeah, so, yeah. And the way you could read that is like, okay, it's tacos of the dead, so tacos with dead made people. from yeah, dead, yeah, made yeah. 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 And so we're like, ah, okay, I guess we gotta switch that up. A little yeah, bit. and so now it's tacos of death. Yeah, that's when you do the Halloween version. Yeah, we this. Well, so, we so thought I, about it. <laughs> so that was actually like when they're asking for expansions. I was like, we need to do like a creepy food version, like, because one of the things that we did during playtesting that I thought was really fun is that we had a we had a couple like wordplay things, so like kind of like uh, like jokes, like inside jokes in yeah, there, yeah. where uh, it used to be a lot more complicated as far as mechanics go, mm-hmm. and you could do something like. Uh, steal someone's hired staff member oh. from them and because all the cards are multi-use cards right like you have a staff member on one side a recipe on the middle and then an ingredient on the other end right mm-hmm. so the idea is that you could steal their staff member that they're hired and then put it over on your truck but as an ingredient oh okay mm-hmm. and so it was called it was like the meat pie, the meat pie. Mm-hmm. like the sweeney todd right mm-hmm. yeah and so that it just did not fit thematically with the rest of what we were going didn't for. Go over well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't fit with any of the rest of what we were doing. But then it was so funny, and people liked it so much that yeah. we we're like, we have to do a Halloween expansion and do yeah. something like that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. We're you know, we, there's there's like zombie burgers and stuff as games. Like this can be a thing too. Yeah. yeah. So so that's not something that we have uh, in the works right now, but it's definitely something that we're thinking about, and yeah. the publishers already expressed interest in that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's also something that food trucks do. Like a lot of them, you know 
they'll use their theme or something like that to make wordplay, you know, uh, changes to the food that they're serving you. Right. So it very much fits in with even what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, even yeah. if the concept of cannibalism doesn't necessarily fit, <laughs> the, the idea of the wordplay on the, on the food itself is very much about, like, what food trucks do. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's still on theme. Just not all the way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, just bring it all the way into the... You just pushed it too far, man. <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> Gotta rein it back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of what's in the work, works now. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we have to think of like a, a sixth food truck because there's a six ingredient types in here, but only five trucks. Oh. And each truck has a different ingredient focus. So uh, the tacos have uh, dairy because they do a lot of cheese kind of things. Mm-hmm. And crema and stuff. Yeah, crema and you know, the, the, the flan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so like the fair burgers, they're focused on sandwiches. So they have uh, bread. And, and so on and so on. And so mm-hmm. we, we're missing a fruit truck, actually. Oh. So we need to think of a, a fruit truck to be an expansion and then add additional mechanics on top of that to, to uh, justify selling some additional stuff. Mm-hmm. So what was what was it that made them want to expand from four to five trucks? Like, what mm-hmm. you mean, you must have had a plan with just the four. So what, right. was, what was it that pushed it into five? Uh, definitely what it is is people want a two-to-five-player game. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's really just, just market. Mm-hmm. Just making it so that more people can be involved, and mm-hmm. and it's just right. kind of I don't know. It just has become like kind of like the accepted or at least uh, like standard that people want to see. Mm-hmm. Like two to five is like what people want. It is the industry standard yeah. now. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, solo games are getting more popular now. So there is a solo variant in the rules that uh, I actually and Nicole actually didn't write. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, we had a, yeah we had a really awesome backer that like suggested some uh, some solo rules on how to basically make this a solitaire game. Yeah, yeah both, and we did uh, some testing. Yeah, and, both yeah. you, I, David, and like uh, Isaiah's like tested it out um, again, <laughs> like at work. You know, it's like oh okay, solo mode's like the easiest thing to test. I'm just gonna sit here at lunch and play my game. This mm-hmm. is just uh, dinner for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so uh, and so those those rules are in there in there too. And yeah, that's another thing that was kind of interesting. You know, going taking this game through production is like you know the different needs of like an actual physical game that people want you know they want the two to five players they also want a solo mode mm-hmm. um the the getting this game so it's prepared to actually handle uh, additional content if we made it mm-hmm. you know right it's yeah Whew. yeah because uh like right now we need to think of like ways that we can um expand this and you know this game doesn't necessarily have a lot of mechanical hooks that you can hang expansions off of, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's there's that element of like looking for things that you can do to make the gameplay expandable. And uh, yeah, like the production company actually had a lot of really good ideas as far as that goes. And mm-hmm. the Kickstarter version comes with a uh, with an expansion involved, which the producers came up with originally, which mm-hmm. is the helper expansion, which helps you kind of modify the game. Oh, okay. So you have all these additional powers that make the game a little bit more complex. And you have them in a tableau. And instead of doing a regular action, you can choose one of these actions from the tableau. Mm-hmm. And all these cards are double-sided. Oh, okay. So A fishmonger! Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> and it was kind of cool because uh, some of the portraits on here are ba- are based on, like, backers who, you know, uh, backed, like, at a, at a certain higher pledge level to mm-hmm. get their face in the uh, in-game. And so and it's kind of cool because a couple of these people are playtesters that played this game, you know, mm-hmm. at PAX or at Emerald City, oh, you nice. know. And then the... To literally see the people who helped, like, uh, you know, test and, like, put their, you know, thoughts and feedback in this game are, like, in this game now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think is is really, really cool. That's really cool. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah, and it's oh, so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so start, yeah, the game's starting to go out the backers. I think the next convention I'm going to is OrcaCon, which I will have this game at, and mm-hmm. so. The in next, January, right? Yeah, in January, and cool so thing. the next couple months is yeah, basically uh, getting refamiliar on uh, how to actually demo this game and not trip <laughs> over the rules, uh, and uh, yeah, getting ready to to tell people about it in January. Sweet, mm-hmm. no, that sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely expect a lot more from us uh, uh, as far as this goes, as far as this game uh, and ex- uh, expansions, as well as uh, sequel kind of games that build off the same idea but aren't. Mechanically involved with this one. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, th- so the the idea is to first expand this one eventually, mm-hmm. and then try to make more games that have a like maybe a similar gameplay or. Yeah. So, for example, right now we're we're in testing mode for a what we're calling a sequel game to this, which is uh, it's not mechanically similar to this really at all. Okay. It's more of if you're familiar, it's a uh, worker placement style game mm-hmm. as opposed to a card game, which this is, and in that one you'll have a. Uh, a food truck figure as well as two worker figures and then you'll place them on a board to do certain actions and the actions will be like uh, you have to use the food truck figure to go to the place to sell food with your food truck Mm -hmm. right but then you might send your worker to like an office to go research new recipes Mm -hmm. right so you go to the test uh, kitchen or maybe you send a driver out to the grocery to pick up ingredients right and so the idea is that you're going to be doing kind of similar things you're going to be getting ingredients building food and then selling it via food truck, but mm. then all the mechanics are completely different. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys are just going to build a food truck empire yep. of yep. games. Essentially. That is the idea. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, everyone's got to have their place in this world, and I feel like this is a very good place for you. Yeah, that is the shtick. That's Sticking the with shtick. the food. <laughs> <laughs> just get in with those uh, those uh, Etsy stores where they make, like, food uh, pendants and rings and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get in on that. Mm-hmm. Make that part of the, the next Kickstarter. Merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that'd be really cool. There, there are some uh, people, uh, especially on Etsy, that do like little, uh, yeah, like uh, kind of uh, polymer clay mm-hmm. sculptures of, of food and things, and they do that for uh, different board games as well, like uh, Pandemic. And mm-hmm. for, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have we have some we have some tokens in the game, and you can kind of see here uh, the level of complexity that they can do. So that's like the food truck that will be like this. Uh, I can't remember if it's, it's a starting, starting player, player right? Oh, okay. And then I believe that is either an alternate starting uh, player token or uh, one that you can use. So, for so the food selecting. truck, the food truck token is for whoever's the current lead person. Okay. So whoever's leading with a card has the food truck token, mm-hmm. and then whoever has the knife token was the first player to take a turn in the game. Okay, oh, that's right. And then that helps you determine who is the last person to take a turn mm-hmm. because everyone gets an equal amount of turns. In the mm-hmm. game. Gotcha. Yeah, but people do like little novelty things like this. You know, the little novelty. The 3D, yeah. the 3D uh, uh, you know, knife, uh, and then like the 3D truck. Like any people kind like of tiny implement, you can stab someone with. Yep, yep, yep. Or br- or like <laughs> drive around as a little truck. So exactly. Yeah, just goes so, back to the old Hot Wheels kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's the yeah, there's plenty of things that we could actually do with physical components that would yeah. be would be cool. You know, and I'm yeah, not ruling out the idea of having a little miniature food for. I don't know something or basically you just yeah. build a monopoly game around this oh my and gosh. then everyone's got like a little icon and a little thing you can buy this buy that i'm just gonna build it for you it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i'll take all the responsibility well, there you go <laughs> yeah you don't have to do anything i'll just be over here with my ideas that sounds amazing <laughs> well we are at the at the hour actually 
Um, oh my gosh, it goes so fast. I know, right? We could talk forever. I know. <laughs> and we usually do. We meet up at the cons and everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost like a struggle to like get away sometimes. It's like, no, I want to keep talking, uh-huh. but I have to go and do another thing. Right. How dare you be so entertaining? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I always love catching up with you guys, so... That's what I look up. That's what I look forward to a lot of the time when I go to a local convention because, like, I'm pretty sure Luke and Nicole will be there. So oh. yeah. I at least have someone and be like, "Come here, talk to me. Hey. <laughs> I don't want to feel alone." <laughs> but uh, so this is going out to backers in a couple weeks mm-hmm. as of the recording of this uh, podcast. Um, are there any other? I mean, I know you're going to do OrgCon. Is there anything else you want to promote? This will probably go out next week. Next week, this, yeah. This okay, podcast. yeah. And yes. for those, yeah, for those that didn't get it on the Kickstarter, you can always go to uh, the Daily Magic Games uh, website uh, to find Food Truck Champion, and we'll send you the link so you can actually share it in there as well. Um, also, if you go to your local game store and then specifically request it, uh, that's kind of what we and Daily Magic prefer. That's you know helping out local businesses, your friendly mm-hmm. local game store. If you actually request it, they can usually get our game through the distributor, so you can get it in your local game store. Sweet. Yeah, support your local game store, especially if they're friendly, please. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Exactly. yeah. If they're not friendly, I mean, you know, whatever. Screw that. And then if people would wish to contact you guys or, you know, chat at you about the game that they're about to be playing, uh, where might they do that? Oh, gosh. Well, you can find me at Twitter, so just at njekic. So I'll put that in there. Yeah, so I'll, you don't I'll have to spell it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, Across the Board Games also has a Facebook page. Uh, feel free to hit us up in the comment section or send us a message. That's uh, acrosstheboardgames.net uh, is our website. And then the uh, Facebook slug is Across the Board Games Net. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Luke, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the Thanks show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we finally did it. Like I said at lunch, I was like, why does it take so long to get to the people that you're like, I see you all the time, half the time. Right. right. <laughs> why aren't you on this show? I don't know. It's my fault. But I'm glad we could do this. I'm glad you guys could, that this is happening and that it's here and it's physically here. So, so excited for you guys. Thank you. And, uh, I look forward to your empire of food. All right. Yeah, we'll come every anytime we have more stuff. We'll be sure to come down and share. Awesome.